Destiny R. Jones, and you're listening to Once and For All. Today we're going to be going over an article I unfortunately stumbled upon by what is becoming my favorite site for articles for the podcast, Psychology Today. It's titled, A Feminist Critique of Marriage, by a man named Neil Burton, MD. I've learned my lesson from the previous articles, and I've already gone over this one, which was more beneficial than I would have guessed because this is a very lengthy dissertation. I've picked out the particularly egregious bit to analyze, so let's jump right in. Right off the bat, the subtitle is, At a time of unparalleled social freedom, can we imagine a better way of living? Well, this was made in 2017, but feminists like him have been imagining what they deem a better way for decades. Almost every new installment of far-left absurdity is a grotesque reimagining of family life and society that surrounds it. In the first paragraph, he says, Human societies tend to various degrees of patriarchy, in which men hold primary power. Most anthropologists agree that there are no known unambiguously matriarchal societies. In the state of nature, men subjugated women by being physically stronger, while the woman was frequently incapacitated by pregnancy and childbearing, which through giving birth and breastfeeding naturally fell upon her. So he acknowledges that men and women are different and that those differences are natural, but he casts those differences in a negative light by saying that men subjugated women. In the second paragraph, he talks about how men are outdated due to birth control and the Industrial Revolution. In the third, he says how society indoctrinates kids to conform them to traditional gender roles. To which I would ask, which society is he referring to because it couldn't possibly be America's? Every commercial is some short-haired woman working at her dopey boyfriend or her husband slowing her down. He goes on to talk about the imbalance in the view of unmarried men versus unmarried women saying, beyond a certain age, a man who remains unmarried is thought of as independent and intelligent, whereas a woman who remains unmarried is assumed to be desperate, at once a figure of pity and scorn, an unmarried man is called a bachelor, and you might even find him on a list of eligible bachelors. But apart from the antiquated maiden or spinster, there is, despite despite the renowned richness of the English language, no polite term for an unmarried woman. Well, that's completely subjective because saying that there is no polite term, you know, depends on who you're talking to because some people might like the term maiden or spinster, so that's just an opinion. But anyways, it's not just shameful for women to grow old unmarried, but it's a shame for men as well. God said that, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. It doesn't say that he shall cleave to his PS5 or his career, or his friends. In rare cases, it's suitable for men to remain unmarried, but most men need to get married, and they need to get married sooner rather than later. God's idol picture for a young person is to go directly from their parents' home to their own home with their spouse. So our dear friend Neil gets close to having a valid point, but he, like a lot of feminists, don't want to hold men to the higher standard that women are held to, but instead want women to debase themselves so we can all be equal in the mud. He continues on by saying how the marriage mar- on the marriage market, women are made to feel like low-value perishable goods. Well, Neil, in a very real sense, women are perishable goods. On the average, we lose up to 90% of our eggs by the age of 30. To a man who wants a big family, a woman has a quote-unquote best by date that you have to work against. So he's most likely going to go after the 22-year-old rather than the 28-year-old. 
Also, men and women have different qualifications for dating and marriage, and it just so happens that men's standards are more catered to younger women, like high cheekbones, no children, full lips, fewer sexual partners, etc. A lot of people see this as unfair, but women have their own standards that more often than not are things found in older men, whether they realize it or not. Things like having a career, being mature, having a home, good credit, things like that. Neil even brings this up later on by saying, as they are encouraged to marry a man who is older, more educated, and better connected, they tend to begin married life in a doubly subordinate position, which of course suits the man just fine. Conveniently leaving out how having a man who has all of those things suits the woman just fine as well. Who wouldn't want a man who's well connected and educated? Like, just because it suits the man fine doesn't mean that the woman's getting the short end of the deal. Moving on in the article, he ventures off to damn popular music for its complicit role in perpetuating gender, traditional gender roles as well, using songs like You Can't Hurry Love by The Supremes, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler, and Fine China by Chris Brown. The last thing we're going to point out is how he takes shots at the marriage ceremony itself by calling it a sex, by calling it sexist beyond parody, taking issue with the symbolism of the white dress, the father quote unquote giving his daughter away, and the officiator often being a man, just to name a few. He states, by legitimizing a particular kind of relationship and denying others, the state is entrenching monogamy and patriarchy while devaluing and disenfranchising other forms of life and the people who often or choose or are forced into them, including single people, people in open or polyamorous relationships, and groups such as African Americans and the poor who, for various reasons, are less likely to marry. Um, yeah, Neil, that's kind of the whole idea. Other forms of life are not as valuable and we're doing right by legitimizing the best kind of relationship. All unions are not created equal, which is the, there is only one tried and true family structure that still stands as the bedrock of civilization, which is the nuclear family. So to answer your question, Neil, no, try as some might, we cannot imagine a better way of living and we should honestly stop trying. And I'm going to link the entire article in the description because there is quite a bit more of it. it. It's The end of it really just like ties in more marriage ceremony stuff and marriage stuff about how marriage boosts the economy and for some reason that's bad. So I'll tag that in the description. But that's my, criti that's my critique of a feminist critique of marriage. So I hope you found today's episode informational, enjoyable, and productive. And I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow. Bye.